welcome resonate family and any other friends tuning in we are glad to have you here this sermon series is called beneath the surface which is a four-week series looking at emotionally healthy spirituality each week we will dive deep into one aspect of how our emotional life impacts our spiritual life the only way to heal and experience true comfort is to address and give to God what sin, emotions, and hurt lie beneath the surface. It is not a question of if there is anything that lies beneath, but rather, are you going to address it? Our hope and prayer as we go through this series is that the Word of God would renew us in making us healthier disciples of Jesus for the glory of God and the good of our campus and city here in Seattle. Have you ever had a moment when someone said something to you or perhaps you read something in a book or you heard a line in a song and that that word or that phrase or that sentence like stopped you in your tracks? Like your world stopped spinning and you had to freeze and think about what was just said. Uh, For me, a moment in my life when I was stopped in my tracks was when I was on my way out the door one day for work, and my wife Jess says, hey, uh, by the way, um, I'm pregnant. I'm like, what? (laughs) Hold up, I got to like close the door and and process what you just said. Um, My whole world began to stop and, and focus in on what was just said to me and trying to process my whole new reality going forward as a as a father to be um and nine months later we had our first son our, our only son our first child uh hudson maybe uh you're listening to a song one time and a certain lyric just like cuts you deep and you gotta pause the the uh the song and just think about what was just said and re-listen to it um For me, there was a line in a book that I read recently that as I read this sentence, it it caused such a deep uh, moment of reflection in me. I had to put the book down and think about what what I just read. And so I want to read this this sentence to you um, and allow this sentence to kind of begin the conversation uh, today and and the next couple of sessions as we talk about this. But here's here's the line I read. It's by a, a guy named Pete Scazzaro. He says this, It's impossible to be spiritually mature and remain emotionally immature. It's impossible to be spiritually mature and yet remain emotionally immature. When I read that, I had to put the book down and think about that for a second. Like, is that true? Is that really like what is happening? Is that true? Because for me, I had operated for much of my life, much of my faith experience, as if my spiritual life and my emotional life are connected, but not necessarily to this degree. What Pete Cazero is saying is not that there's just a, a connection, but that our spiritual growth, our spiritual lives actually hinge on our ability to properly understand and engage our emotions. So if we are remaining emotionally uh Emotional infants, if you will. It's impossible to grow into a spiritual adult if we are continually held back by emotional immaturity. So I read that several years ago and I've been processing what it means to have 
emotionally healthy spirituality, as Pete Scazzaro talks about in his book of that title. And been thinking about in my own life and all throughout, you know, the years, I have received, I think, very little training and teaching on how our emotions and our spirituality interplay, how, how they are connected, how they work together, how God has designed them to be gifts to each other, but that many times in the church, at least for my, my life, and I'm sure many of your lives as well, have been low, uh, there's been low training, low teaching on how these actually work together. So we are launching into this new series called Beneath the Surface, looking at this idea of emotionally healthy spirituality. So I want to first lay out a couple of common approaches that I see uh, when it comes to handling emotion. Uh, the first one is this, that the first assumption or first uh, approach some people take to emotions is that emotions are bad and that they are trustworthy. They're sorry. They are less trustworthy than ration. This would be kind of the suppression route. And this is less popular with our generation today, but if you go back and ask your grandparents and their generation and previous generations, like that was more common. Um, the idea of, of emotions being kind of shifting. Uh, you got to go to work, put food on the table, you know, this kind of like put your head down, grind out, uh, you know, your career and your life is just about survival in previous generations. So the idea of, of emotions and engaging that was kind of, I think, seen largely as, you know, untrustworthy, not worth your time, better to give yourself over to logic and ration and hard work. And that's the way you should drive your life. Fast forward to today, the second common approach we see kind of swinging the pendulum would be that emotions are inherently good. And they are not only good, they are your truest self. So now we see not suppression, but expression. We've swung the pendulum. So in our culture today, your emotions, our, our society is saying, our, your emotions tell the true story about who you are. So listen to your emotions, listen to your feelings, and that's the truest self inside. So you should not just let that be inside, but let that be expressed, fully expressed, live into that, live into your feelings, because that's your, your, your truest self. And I want to to propose a couple of different alternative, I would say, bit more biblical guiding principles as we enter into a conversation around how do we handle emotions. And the first one is this, that emotions simply help locate ourselves and others. I got this from my friend uh, and a guy I have uh, been hanging out with and studying uh, under a guy named Jeff Vanderstelt. Uh, he talks about how emotions uh, have been for a long time been taught to be bad, untrustworthy. Um, so they're, but they're really not necessarily good or bad. They're simply meant to help locate ourselves and locate where we are in relation to God, in relation to others, in relation to even our own selves. So it helps tell us where we are. I'm feeling this or that, and here's why. Emotions help locate where we are. Secondly, a guiding principle would be emotions were given to us by God to lead us back to him. Emotions were given to us by God in order to lead us back to him. So whether you experience 
positive emotions or negative emotions no matter what on the spectrum where whatever whatever you experience that experience is meant to lead you back to god in some way meant to cause praise and gratitude and worship back to god thanking him for something or it could be grieving something processing something hard and meant to bring you back to him either way so the whole human experience all the emotions whatever you feel god's placed that within you in the human experience to ultimately lead you back to him to find your ultimate end in him your ultimate longing fulfilled in him your ultimate satisfaction met in him and through him all throughout the bible um, but especially in the psalms we see uh, emotion being expressed and written about but nowhere is this uh, more on central display than in the psalms so i want to read to us today uh, one of the most famous psalms written by david where he is pouring out his heart to god this gives you a picture of what an expressive emotional prayer connection looks like with god so here's what david says we're going to read most of psalm 139 and kind of dissect this and pause and look at what david is saying about himself and and how god helps inform his emotions so here's what it says in in psalm 139 verse 1 you have searched me lord and you know me you know when i sit and when i rise you perceive my thoughts from afar you discern my going out and my lying down you are familiar with all my ways before a word is on my tongue you lord know it completely you hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me such knowledge is too wonderful for me it's too lofty for me to attain where can i go from your spirit where can i flee from your presence if i go up to the heavens you are there if i make my bed in the depths you are there if i rise on the wings of the dawn if i settle on the far side of the sea even there your hand will guide me your right hand will hold me fast if i say surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me even the darkness will not be dark to you the night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. And he ends by saying this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. A really amazing psalm, uh, a poem of praise to God, a poem of 
of, of reflection and pondering and deep awe and, and worship that David has for his creator. And so when I read this psalm and began thinking about what this passage of scripture tells us about God and about us when it comes to our emotions, lots of things began to come to the surface. Lots of things begin to um, emerge as uh, how God has designed us, again, to help locate ourselves and how emotions were meant to, they were given to us by God to lead us back to him, to find our end in him. So I wrote down, uh, I hope that you get to listen to this and read for yourself one Psalm, Psalm 139 and, and draw out um, what this passage says about God and about you and about I, about all of us when it comes to our emotions. But here's, here's kind of what I wrote down. Uh, seven things that I began to sit with and and see and draw out of this passage. And the first one is this, is that God has designed us, each one of us, perfectly according to his will. God makes no mistakes. And so many of us, you know, we look at ourselves the way we're, we're made, our personalities, our propensities, the, the way we feel about certain things. And and we don't quite like ourselves sometimes. We wish we were different. I wish I wouldn't feel this way sometimes. And so a lot of times we feel maybe condemning thoughts or dark thoughts or emotions that are swinging and that we're just like all over the place. And we wish that God would, would make us someone different. But in this psalm, we realize and know and, and remind ourselves that God has made us a certain way, designed us this way with no mistakes, no flaws. And so we yes, we are... We are flawed by sin. We are flawed by our human nature. But but let's not forget that God has designed us a certain way to lead us back to him. Number two, God not only knows how we feel, he knows how we'll feel even before we feel it. This is crazy, right? So before you even have that conversation tomorrow with that person and you get riled up and sad or mad, God knew that would happen. He he already knows. He is in this Psalm 139 talks about like he has ordained all of your days when you were in your mother's womb. When he, and he was knitting you together in the secret place. He he knew the number of days of your life. He knew the plans that would take place. He he has ordained everything. He knows the hairs on your head and he knows how you will feel tomorrow. He knows how you feel right now. Any given moment, God knows how you feel, and he knows how you will feel. This should give us tremendous peace in a God who knows us, who is sovereign over our lives, and also is personal, desires to, to connect with us. Number three, God's wisdom and understanding of the human experience is far and above even our own experience, our own knowledge. David says, how lofty, how high and above are your ways and your thoughts and your wisdom, God. So even God, God even knows us better than we know ourselves. There are times in which we don't even know why we feel the way we feel. Well, like, I don't even know why I feel depressed today. I don't even know why I'm mad today. I don't even know why I feel discouraged. Sometimes we do know the, the root of that. But sometimes we just have a, it's just a total mystery as to why we feel a certain way, why somebody else continues to feel a certain way. Like, there's just a mystery to us sometimes. 
that God is fully aware of. He knows everything. His infinite wisdom and knowledge is too lofty for us to understand, but God has designed us to trust him, follow him, the one who knows all. Number four, uh, a principle I'm pulling out of this, this psalm is that our darkest thoughts and motives are never too much for God. You see David processing with him in prayer, If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I flee from your presence, I cannot ever outrun you. No matter how dark my thoughts get, no matter how impure my motives are, God is able to handle anything. Anything. So no no thought is too dark for God. He desires to connect with us and not let us be alone in that. That leads me to number five. Number five uh, is that we are safe and secure to fully and honestly express our emotions to God. We are safe and secure. God is our creator. He knows us intimately and desires us to bring those dark thoughts, those hard feelings, those motives, whatever, to him. A gracious father who listens to us and gives us good gifts and knows how to shape us and form us and lead us. We are to approach the throne of grace with confidence, knowing we have a father and a great high priest in Jesus. We're safe and secure to to approach him in prayer. Number six, God's spirit and power are enough to carry us through any emotional crisis. We have to trust and know that no matter what you're going through, what David was going through, trying he's, he had guys trying to kill him. He had betrayal happening. His own family and kids were trying to kill him. He was going through some of life's most significant emotional trials. And yet he continues to throw himself into the arms of his Father in heaven and trust that God will deliver him over and over again. And we should do the same. No matter what you're going through or will go through, remember and know that God's spirit and power are enough to carry you through any emotional crisis. Number seven is that we are ignorant of offenses or grievances against God that we need God himself to reveal to us. So in the last couple verses of this psalm, we see David saying, Search me, O God. What's interesting is that this psalm is kind of bookended with a a prayer of of searching. So verse 1, David says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. And then he ends the psalm by saying, Search me, God, and know my heart. So he's both saying, You have searched me and known me to the depths of who I am in the past or at at an ultimate level, but but also continue to search me, O God, and know my heart in an active sense. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive or grievous way in me that's lurking in the depths of my heart that even I might not even be fully aware of or even ignorant of. It's lying, it's insidious, it's 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 in the dark of my heart and my soul. God, would you pull that out and lead me in the way everlasting? Oftentimes our feelings can cloud truth. It can cloud pure motives. It can cloud what's real and right and righteous. 
And so we need God to help sometimes pull back the cloud of our emotions to see, oh, there's some offensiveness in me. There's some sin in me. There's some selfishness in me that I need to, I need to repent of and, and confess to God and to somebody else and to ask God to forgive me, to redeem me, to cleanse me, and then to lead me in the way, his way, everlasting. I want to challenge you this week to spend some time journaling um, a prayer of, of uh, Psalm 139, a prayer of searching and knowing. Uh, a guy I'm reading right now, a book, um, Tyler Statton wrote a book called Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools. And in the book, he, t- he says this, that in confession, the Spirit does the searching and we do the naming. So as, as we pray Psalm 139, God, search me and know my heart. As we do that, ask the Spirit to search us and bring something out. It's our job to name what that thing is, perhaps write that thing down, get specific, and then ask God to forgive, to, to empower, to, to lead you in a new way, away from that shame, perhaps, away from that selfishness, perhaps, away from that... Um, disappointment, that loneliness, that whatever that feeling you have, as you begin to allow the Spirit to search you and it, you help locate yourself somewhere um, in, a, in a spiritual yet emotional response, we ask God to reveal where we are and ask Him to then lead us to where He wants us to be. This week, I challenge you to try this out and see what God says to you.